leadership in cybersecurity isn't just about understanding threats. It's about leading a team to navigate them with confidence. At CPF Coaching LLC, we specialize in taking your leadership skills to the next level. With over 15 years in the cybersecurity field, we empower professionals and startups to reach unprecedented heights. Imagine having a personalized coaching experience tailored to your unique career ambitions. From strategic planning to masterful pitch and interview preparations, we're here to guide you through every challenge. Join us for our unique value proposition workshops or dive into our vibrant learning community for continuous skill advancement. Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it. Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Hey, security peeps. We are live with another special edition of Breaking into Cybersecurity. I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, helping awesome leaders hire great talent. And I'm here with one of my favorite people, who comes to hang out with us on Wednesdays, the last Wednesday of the month. Uh, and that is Alex Harrington from Federal Career Connections. Say hi to everybody, Alex. Hey, everybody. I hope you guys are being safe out there. And thank you, uh, Renee, for having me on again. I do appreciate it. Sure. So we've had so many of your peers um, and the folks at Federal Career Connections on giving just wonderful advice when it comes to the federal career space. And so I know you are here tonight as you know, you are the person who stood this whole Federal Career Connections up. So I definitely want you to chime in and talk about that first um, and how it's evolved. And then our topic for tonight is going to be career pathways. So specifically in the cybersecurity, in the federal space, you know, people learning the, the question comes up all the time around, I want to, they say, I want to be in cyber. I want to be in cybersecurity, but it's so broad and the different pathways that they can take, the different ways people can transition, you know, all of that good stuff. So I'm excited to hear from you. I know you wrote this awesome blog. You gave us a wonderful um, link with resources that I put into um, the LinkedIn live stream. So Alex, I'm going to hand it over to you and have you kind of take it away. Well, thank you, Renee. I'm so, so I have the, I have the wheels. I have, I have the wheel. Is that, is you that have what? the wheel? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, right off the bat, I want to thank you for Renee. I, we, we have, uh, looking at my little cheat sheet. We have a, a, a panel on cybersecurity coming up in, on, in, um, uh, it's actually May 25th. It's uh, uh, on, on basically uh, is agency insiders talking about their basically answer questions on how, how to navigate the, the, uh, into cybersecurity. And I want to thank you because you recommended, I believe his name is Charles Britt. Charles so Britt. he's going to be on this panel. So thank you so much. So, yes, our organization, uh, Federal Career Connection Incorporated, is going to host this uh, in May, and it should be really, really good. Uh, we have some cool individuals, age, insiders, to answer questions on cybersecurity as well. I, I know for tonight, and I'll be honest with you, I, I and I wore this this polo intention. I love uh, that. <laughs> I love representing DHS uh, because when I I have to admit, I'm kind of a backyard geek when it comes to IT. I have my own. I have my own network at home. I. I had my own, even bought my, uh, recently bought my own, uh, uh, my network switch when it comes to the, the various networks we have at home. And so I have to be, you know, be careful when it comes to, as a home user, when it comes to 
uh, fishing emails and anything like that when it comes to, you know, things out there. Uh, but, so, but for me, I, I think the somewhat for your audience is number one is I want to kind of theme it with uh, understanding the landscape. Because when it comes to career management, I think the very first thing you definitely need to understand is, well, the person in the mirror is yourself. It's your, your, your knowledge and what you can bring to the table, your expertise, uh, also your skills and your abilities. So you definitely need to know yourself. Uh, and then, of course, as you're navigating into this amazing uh, career occupation, you have to understand the landscape, uh, understand basically the cybersecurity ecosystem, so to speak. Uh, and you're able to do that through uh, re reviewing various uh, resources and, and standards and doing information interviews. So the ownership is on, the, on you, the job candidate, to understand this landscape. It's hard work, but everything's hard work. So let's put that off the, off the table. We all know, you know, learning a new trade or learning a new area is going to be hard work. But that landscape does have kind of a stopping point. So, so you're able to actually, uh, you should be able to be able to uh, to uh, to better uh, to identify and uh, and 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 keep a pulse on those those uh, those information hubs uh, 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 in that landscape, so you can keep up to date when it comes to uh, career opportunities, when it comes to the latest standards within cybersecurity. So, I did put together a fact sheet. Uh, with some information, uh, because I wanted to understand myself what resources are out there, pathway tools specifically, to help your uh, your your audience when it comes to navigating cybersecurity. And I did put together two blogs, one in January and one actually this week, uh, uh, how to uh, to to learn about these uh, these pathways. Of course, the blogs. You know, when I wrote the blogs, well, the DHS came out of me because I'll be honest with you. You folks out there, you are the white hat hackers, the good guys. In my opinion, you should be really kind of embracing and stepping into this as a war. And I'm going to use that in, in very intentful as a war. Because these black hat hackers, they're going after our supply chains. They're going after COVID. They're going after poor elderly people. So you're going into a war. So me... As a Marine vet and as a former boxer, I want to give you all the ammunition that you need to navigate that. Because this got a little bit personal for me because I know for us, you know, our economy, our trade, our intellectual property, it, it is, it touches all digital uh, types of uh, infrastructure. And we have a lot of bad people inside and outside our country going after those entities. You're on the front line. And I want to give you all the best ammunition that you can do to navigate that information. But consider this. You are in a war. And I hope you're preparing your mind for that because you are the white hat hackers, the good guys who are in a fight for people like me and like Renee. So I hope that gives you a little bit of motivation because this is, this is a country depends on you. Yeah. And I'm so glad you said that because there, our audience, um, you know, it's good for them to hear, you know, to, to get encouragement and to hear how to break in in particular and how to transition in. So, you know, by you, by you, one, um, wearing the merch, right, as the kids say, <laughs> the Homeland Security 
and saying to folks, hey, come and help us defend and come and help us fight this cyber war. War And we're looking for talent and we're open and we want people is huge because I think that a lot of the folks that are out there that are struggling to break in can very likely get in through this path. The ones that are in the D.C. area. I mean, I know that there's other federal you know, spaces around the country, but specifically in the D.C. area, you know, getting folks to try to, you know, get their path, get their foot in their door and the pathway into security Um I think that's a. I think it's a. It's, it's such a good pathway in going through the federal government for your first role. Um, I want to shout out Clinton because he is here. He says hello, Renee. Good to see you with a new guest. He's actually he's new to you, not new to us. <laughs> Alex has been here a couple times before over last year um, in Federal Career Connections. So, Alex, tell tell us how you know for all the folks that that are new how uh, Federal Career Connection got started, what you all do, unless you want to say that to the end. You know what? Let's save it to the end. I really want to okay. give good stuff to them. I, I know that okay. I'm representing, I, I'm going to be talking about how they maybe, how they navigate, not maybe, how to navigate the federal hiring system. I don't yep. know your particular trade. However, in general, I'll be talking about how to navigate the federal hiring uh, the, the, when it comes to job announcements, when it comes to what series you want that you're targeting. But keep in mind, you know, it, uh, Forbes just uh, put out an article uh, uh, contending that many companies, especially through the next I mean, handful of years, will be spending millions of dollars on, on cybersecurity uh, resource. And that includes uh, cybersecurity specialists like you. And also, I know that the government is also uh, picking up the speed to be able to quickly hire cybersecurity uh, 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 experts like yourselves, uh, such as DOD. DOD has actually been authorized to do special, using special hiring authorities and do direct hiring, direct hiring. And also DHS, DHS, Homeless, uh, Department of Homeland Security. They also have a direct hiring authority when it comes to bringing in uh, cybersecurity specialists. Because right now, uh, there was a report by the GAL, the Government Accountability Office, stating that, you know, we are there's a gap with individuals, with people, with these critical skill sets within, uh, for cybersecurity. There's a gap in the federal government right now, a big gap. And they, they titled this, these mission critical occupation and these core competencies. So there's definitely a big need and a demand. And, of course, I went to um, Department of Labor and looked at their uh, occupation outlook for, for your field. And it has a big growth, a more than a 30% growth through, I believe, 2029. So you guys are picking a good uh, career field to, uh, to, to, to start your, 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 your next 15 to 20, 25 years of work. Keep in mind, however, and maybe we're going to talk about this as a sidebar, not only do you need these technical skills uh, within IT, but also you need these soft skills, communication, uh, team building. So there's soft skills that you need as well to help you be able to, to, to market effectively. Okay, just keep that in mind. I'm so happy you talked about that. We often have um, folks that come on and almost every single time a leader comes on, they talk about the soft skill component that, 
you know, it's a combination of the two. Yes, the technical skills, but definitely being able to get along with it, you know, be a good team member, communicate effectively. So many things that are, you know, considered soft skills um, that are needed in cybersecurity. So I'm glad you brought that up. I wanted to ask a question on one of the points that you made. You said direct hires. And many many of us outside of uh, the federal government space, we don't under- fully understand what that means. So can you explain what it means when you say direct hires? Yeah, so basically I'm going to do this in layman terms because I'm actually a hiring I, 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 I would classify myself as a hiring manager because in federal government, uh, when it comes to the federal hiring ecosystem, you have two major players. Number one, you have HR, human resources. They are truly the, the gatekeepers and the, protector, and the protectors of, of the merit system. Okay, because the, the biggest the last biggest reform we had was in uh, 1978. And so HR are there to make sure that agencies and hiring managers in particular uh, are, are, are compliant uh, with the uh, the merit uh, hiring practices and making sure that we don't violate the uh, prohibitive personal practices. So so I'm a hiring manager. And so with me, I would give you, I'm going to give you a layman response on this. Normally on USA Jobs, when you look at USA Jobs, which is just a resource, it's just really a housing hub uh, for, for the federal government. It's, it's managed by Office of Personnel Management. Uh, and keep in mind, that was actually some people said, well, it's very hard to navigate USA Jobs. Well, I scratched my head and thinking, well, why is that? Because Monster.com are the ones who actually first built the infrastructure back, I do believe, back in 2003. So USA Jobs is very, it's, it's the information architecture, which I know you guys understand, it's easy to navigate USA Jobs. So new, USA Jobs is just really just a hub. So when you go there, always know about maybe 85% of government jobs are on USA Jobs. The others, the exempt uh, uh, announcements, well, uh, there are certain agencies that don't have to uh, put their announcements on USA Jobs, such as CIA, uh, some parts of Department of Defense, uh, U.S. State Department, because they have these special hiring authorities, these direct hiring authorities, where they can actually go right straight to the candidates. They they don't have to do a competitive competitive announcement. So normally when you go to USA Jobs and you look at a job announcement that is open to the public, uh, you'll know that that that's a competitive announcement. It's competitive hiring. That hiring manager is is putting out an announcement for the whole, for basically for all qualified uh, jo- uh, Americans who are able to apply for a federal uh, federal position, okay? And they have to go through HR on that. However, there are some agencies out there, like the Department of Defense, and they actually, there's a story about them recently where they're getting better of doing direct hiring with cybersecurity. Well, they can, they can use a, a direct hiring authority where they can possibly use recruiters to go to, uh, to, uh, to, to universities and colleges to do direct hiring from career affairs because it's such a needed, it's such a high demand, a critical uh, uh, career field that the government needs because obviously the government has, you know, most uh, of, of government public domain information has been transferred online. And so, uh, so the biggest thing the government has to do is not only protect 
uh, PII when it comes to privacy information, such as, you know, when it comes to health information, but they also have to protect, you know, secret information and also officer personnel management. They manage retirees, so they want to protect, protect all that information. So cybers, the IT field is such a critical field. So agencies, certain agencies can actually go right to the candidate, go straight to using recruiting events or other means to define a, a, a good candidate poll, candidate poll to actually recruit from. So again, competitive uh, uh, hiring manager might like myself uh, analysis on USA Jobs, and they go through that process. It usually takes a long time. However, with direct hiring, an agency can go straight to uh, uh, a candidate or candidate poll. Now, let me give you another example. When I was building a couple of branches within my agency. I work for Customs and Border Protection. I actually use uh, a competitive hiring uh, juxtaposed to direct hiring. So I use both. So direct hiring, I actually, I went after veterans who were 30% or more disabled. If somebody had a, a special hiring authority, such as a, a veteran, 30% or more disabled, I can have a conversation with them. However, uh, if I was talking to just a regular individual who had no special hiring uh, and, and didn't qualify any qualify for a mission critical position, I couldn't sit down and just talk to them. I would have to go through HR and do the normal process of competitive hiring. I also went after Schedule A, and I also went after Peace Corps. So I used both competitive hiring. I announced on USA Jobs for the whole world to see. I also went after some direct hiring authorities and talked to candidates directly because I wanted a good mix of candidates to, uh, to, to resource the two branches that I was building. I hope I did. I hope that was, I hope I did a good job in, in layman terms, in layman terms. You, no, no, you did. You did. And I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm looking at my LinkedIn on the phone, on my phone as I'm listening to you. And I'm here, I'm thinking about all of the posts and all of the inbox emails that I get um, specifically around that type of this, this kind of breakdown, because people, people are very, very much confused. Anyone that hasn't been in this space, I know in the DC area and like many folks, they understand the terminology and what that means. So you're, excuse me, you're saying that with a direct role, a hiring manager or folks can go straight directly to universities or, you know, directly to, to who they're looking for that have that skill set and can say you should apply and it doesn't have to, you know, they don't have to go through the, the more competitive process where you're opening it up to all of, you know, pretty much the whole U S to find and filter through candidates. Yes. So the government does have, when it comes to direct hiring or special hiring authorities or competitive hiring, they have these various hiring, uh, I'll call them these hiring channels, so to speak, which they can actually look for potential candidates. Now, um, they're not meant for an agency or a hiring manager to, to entirely rely on a direct hiring authority, uh, such as an office going after just Schedule A. Uh, they should actually use a wide net, use the, use the various uh, uh, special hiring authorities along with competitive hiring uh, to, to, to be able to actually uh, uh, recruit and hire the best qualified candidates to fit that position. Uh, so when it comes to cybersecurity, 
I, I think what's so unique about your field, it has these, it has these mission critical uh, core competencies uh, that uh, agencies need, specifically like Department of Defense and Department of Homeland Security. So those two agencies have actually direct hiring for cybersecurity, which is quite unique. Awesome. Awesome. That's very, very cool. Okay, cool. So now, you know, now that we, we know about direct hiring, we know a little bit about the process, talk to us about these various pathways. You have put together such a great, um, a great number of resources um, that are uh, provided around pathways. So Tell us, like, you know, where should a person begin? I, I like one of the things that you said that's very, um, very much near and dear to my heart is assessments and understanding yourself. Um, and I don't think, I think it's overlooked often. It's often overlooked to really understand who you are, what you do well, and how that can fit in. Um, you know, sometimes people look for it. They, you know, cybersecurity, they say, I want to do cyber. It looks exciting, you know, from, <laughs> and, and sometimes it's exciting, but a lot of times it's not. But from what they show on TV and what they show in these ads, you know, it's like, oh, wow, I'm going to be doing all this cool stuff. And you may not, that the, the, um, you know, the, the assessment can really tell you where you fit in. So I'm curious to hear about what your thoughts are when it comes to how a person should look at career pathways, what should be like their very first couple steps when it comes to a career pathway. And then from then, you know, and then take it from there. Well, specifically when it comes to assessing the field. So for me, uh, and I think, you know what, my assumption is this, um, but keep in mind, I'm, I'm more than a half century old. So I, things I know, I expect other people to know, but I, I also need to be mindful that a lot of people probably are, are when they come into the workforce, they're, they're, they're new, and they may not have received maybe the foundational, uh, 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 the foundational, um, uh, or be, basically be equipped with proper, with proper career management uh, techniques and approaches when it comes to, when it comes to, uh, navigating the, uh, our country's uh, our, our workforce. Uh, so for me, when I when I first started, when I got out of the Marines uh, years ago, uh, and I went straight to college, I was lost. I was lost in the sauce. I, I as a Marine sergeant, I didn't no longer had people tell me what to do. I had to do it myself. So one part I did well because I moved up to Cleveland, Ohio, and I put a backpack on my back, and I hit the streets looking for a waiter job, got three offers that first day. And then, of course, I found a place to stay, and then I enrolled in, in college. And But I was I was lost because I wasn't sure what to do. And I, it, it just, it was such a big transition for me, you know. And so for me, over the years, I, uh, at one point, I decided enough is enough. I need to really learn how to manage my career. And I came across a, I came across a quote uh, about a couple of years ago. It was in a book, uh, in an academic book, how to set up a, a, a school counseling office. And I have to paraphrase it, but there was a quote back in the 1930s from this book. basically said, finding your vocation, finding your career is more important. Let me just, just say this more important 
than finding a mate. And I agree with that. Matter of fact, another great book basically said, it's best to first work your land first before you build a home and, and, and meet, meet your mate. And of course, other uh, uh, wise individuals said, it's best to go out there first and find your natural bent before you start a family. So when it comes to career management, it's far more important than you really think it is. Because it has five, in my, in, for me, I'm going to give you something. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to give you the name of it because it's part of my LLC. But there are five pillars to career management that I will briefly talk about. And then we'll talk about cybersecurity and, and pathways. Number one is knowing thyself. It's knowing the person in the mirror. Your organizations do a great job when it comes to doing a SWOT analysis of the organization or of a division of an office. Uh, and they understand their, when it comes to their strengths, their weaknesses, opportunities and threats. They, you, know, you do that for an organization. Well, you also have to do it for yourself. And there are good resources out there. But as a career coach, uh, uh, my approach when it comes to assessments, I, I, I encourage, and I've done this with a couple past mentees, uh, is to do your own uh, introspective work first for you. You do your own work. You don't do a test. You don't do the, the Strong's inventory. You don't do the disc. You don't do the, uh, the other things out there. You start with your own uh, assessment. You look at your own skills and your own abilities and your own knowledge. And there are great resources out there to begin with. And one is, what color is your parachute? Now, for some of you in cybersecurity, you're going to like this. The person who wrote the book, the late Dick Bowles, on what color is your parachute, uh, he actually, the, the principles of that book is based off actually World War II intel gathering. Okay, I'm not going to give you the whole story how that came about, but that book is actually, it, it could be actually traced back to World War II intel gathering. And the gist of that book is, is truly to know yourself. The second pillar to career management is really understanding the landscape, which we'll briefly talk about when it comes to cybersecurity. And, and you can do that through uh, using various public domains, such as Department of Labor, the Occupational Handbook, or owning online, or doing information interviews, or talking to other successful people, or possibly doing a job shadow. Okay, so you have to understand the landscape. Don't ever think you know everything when you go into the market. You don't know nothing. I learned that from the hard way. And being a half century old, I still don't know nothing. I still learn from people. So when you go into, the, the, in, into your job field, assume you don't know anything. And two, don't rely on your degree or your certificate. Rely on your skills and your experiences and learn from others. So yeah, truly, uh, actually, you have to know that landscape, both the, when it comes to the, the standards of the, of, the, of, of the field, the career field, the high demands when it comes to the, the positions. And you can only really learn about those high demands doing, uh, doing information interviews. And of course, three, the, that third pillar is, is really is, is building, your, basically building your credentials you get through academia, through certifications, uh, or through, through reading, through writing, but you're, you, you're enhancing your marketability through either knowledge or skill enhancement, okay? And the fourth pillar, which most people start first, and they shouldn't, 
it's the it's really the marketing side. It's uh, networking, throwing your resume, applying for jobs, doing networking calls, joining networking groups, joining community groups, uh, going to the job board, going to a job office, going to a recruiter. That's the fourth pillar you that is part of that career management. Most people jump to that first. And they realize after a year in the job, they hate the job. Well, they didn't do the, the first three most important ones. And, of course, the fifth pillar, and I love what the late Dick Bowles once said, is that when you find a job, the next day you look for a job, which means this. When you land that gainful employment, you start thinking about your short and long-term goals and how every year how you can improve and how you can be better, increase your knowledge, do another uh, certificate program. But you're always always growing until one day you retire. So the five pillars as knowing yourself, knowing the landscape, number two, number three, building your credentials. Number four, so throwing out the resume. And number five, doing proper career management. What I'm going to now segue to is number two, back to two, our landscape is understanding the landscape. I'm not going to talk about everything. I might just talk about a couple of things when it comes to cybersecurity pathway tools. But I came across a lot. And what's so really cool about you guys, because I've been, you know, with all the career, with all the career occupations out there, you guys have a little bit of a special treatment, which is kind of cool. There's a lot of organizations who built either tools, standards, or great information that they posted online because they realize that cybersecurity is, is, a, is, is such a needed, a critical industry, a critical need right now in our country. And you know this by the news, by companies being hacked, by COVID-19 supply chain being hacked. Oh, I hope we get to catch those individuals. I'd love to be a Marine on that. Anyway, back to this. It's such a hot and critical career. So there's a lot of good stuff out there. Now, Renee is going to send you a fact sheet that I put together. And I think I'm pretty, I, I, I think I've assembled a lot of great tools and articles to help beef your marketability when it comes to cybersecurity. I've also have two blogs out there. So if you go to federalcareerconnection.org, federalcareerconnection.org, and go to our blog, Type in cyber, it will come up with two blogs on cybersecurity. And it basically will list some good pathway tools. But the one pathway tool that I would definitely recommend you go to because it is the standard on industry terms and core competencies within cybersecurity is the workforce framework for cybersecurity is by the, the, the uh, NICE framework. It basically was created by the National, and I'm cheating here, so I'm reading, by the National Initiative for Cybersecurity Education. And I have that in the, my recent blog this week. It's a framework that lists all the lexicons and all the core competencies for your field. Another great one, and I like this, it's actually a .org, is CyberSeq Interactive Map. But it was built by CyberSeq.org. It has an interactive map and a career pathway. And they've done a great job of looking at the, all the various occupations within cybersecurity because I for me it's one thing I'll do kind of a, a comparison cybersecurity has a lot of sub-disciplines like public relations when I first broke into public relations within communications under public relations you have employee communications you have media analysis you have strategic communications and dot 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 
with you guys, the same thing under cybersecurity. You have so many different disciplines you can go after. But keep in mind, all of them are supported by soft skills as well. I'm going to stop talking and throw it back to you, Renee, because I think it took a lot of time there. <laughs> no, but that was fantastic. I mean, the outline, you know, knowing yourself, the five pillars, knowing yourself, the land, knowing the landscape, knowing the credentials, then the resume, then the marketing component. I mean, that's just so important. And I think you're right when you say, when you say that people tend to jump in in four and five, you know, or maybe three, four and five. Um, but that very, very first critical criteria, knowing yourself is so, so very important. And the people who know themselves and know the jobs that they will, will be, you know, will be fascinated by, will be aligned to, will be happy and be curious about, um, those are the folks that excel uh, because they're doing what they love. They're doing what comes naturally to them. You know, it's not pushing a boulder up a hill. Um, and I think that especially, I think tech folks as a whole and cybersecurity folks just tend not to do that very first step. Um, so I, I, you know, I really enjoy that. And my, that's one of my, 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 when you talked about what color is your parachute, that's like one of my favorite books. So um, I'm glad you were able to, you know, share that with folks because I've shared it too, but, you know, coming from me, sometimes it's good to get it from the guests, the, the pros in the space. So, you know, going through that book, I like that one. I also like um, some of my other, one of my other favorite ones is, um, uh, it always slips my mind when I'm on the lap. <laughs> It's a little book. It's called uh, Strengths Finder. I like yeah. Strengths Finder too. That's another one that's short and sweet and you can do the assessment, you know. Um, but I love, love, love uh, What Color Is My Parachute because it really tell, shows you who you are, like, you know, defining you. Yeah, let me, yeah, let me, let's talk about that book for a moment. And I, and I think it's by one of the best resources that you need. Any serious job seeker has that book on their bookshelf. I've actually, the last, before Dick Bowles passed away, I, I kept up with every edition because he changed the, 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 he changed the, uh, the beginning of it, the introduction of it almost every year because he wanted yeah. to, uh, he wanted to actually be akin to the current times when it comes to the, when it comes to the workforce. I know for me, before I, the first time I picked up that book was as a Marine, a headquarters Marine Corps in 1994. So, yes, I'm dating myself. Well, obviously, I also said I'm a half, half a century old. Anyway, 1994, I picked up the book. I'm like, show me how to do a resume. It didn't show me. I'm like, fine, throw it out. And I, for that, for the few, next, you know, like a, less than a dozen years or whatever, I stumbled. I just, I, I, I went after myth and people told me, go there, do this. I followed them. And I finally get to Korea, and I'm the first civilian public affairs officer. I'm at the commander's table. As a matter of fact, I'm visiting 32 single sites out of, uh, out of about 45. I'm managing Koreans. I'm living in a villa. My, my neighbors are embassies. I, I met my beautiful wife there, who's Canadian from BC, of all places. I married a Canadian uh, in Korea. In Korea. Uh, and so on the outside, the outside observer, they're like, you should, they probably saw, you got a maid. Making good money. I'm not paying rent. The government's paying for everything, basically. Um, I'm working with the military, which I've really loved. However, I was going back into my uh, my little villa, uh, miserable, almost hating my job. And I'm like, why? I should be loving it. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. 
And I was at one point, I'm just got, I got so frustrated with myself. So I thought, you know what, I need to, I need to kind of do soul searching. I, I got to see what is, what drives, what, what is Alex meant for? And that's when I picked up the book along with other resources. And I did journaling and I didn't even talked to people. But when I went through that book and it took a couple of weekends to go through all the exercises, I was able to actually hone in out of 50 plus skills, hone in on the top five that when I look at it today, because I did this back in 2003, when I look at those same top five transferable skills, they're still my top five when it comes to the most cherished, most loved, and also I hopefully would say pretty good at. Um, again, career management, regardless if you're cybersecurity or when it comes to business intelligence, Credit management is by far, and I do this. I do this. I do this every year. It should be looked at as a way when you do your home budget, when you maintain your vehicle, when you maintain your home, when you maintain your relationship with that special individual. You got to be managing your career, and with that, you need to be ignoring the myth, ignoring other people what they say. Because a good career coach, a good counselor, a good confidant, or a good mentor. They will listen to you and help you dig out what you're good at. They won't tell you what to do. Someone who tells you what to do don't know how to do career management. And I would argue that with anybody. Anybody who tells you should do this is giving you wrong information. They should be saying, you know what? You have such a strength in this area when it comes to these skills. Have you thought about maybe some occupations that you can align it to? That is what should be said to you. So when somebody says you should be a teacher or an IT coder, I would not listen to them. They should be saying, hey, what do you think you're good at? What's, what, what's the one thing you that you find yourself loving to do on a daily basis? They should be asking you questions. And that, as a career coach, that's how we're trained. We help you mine out all that good stuff from yourself. We don't tell you what to do. All right. Right. So right. Keep that in mind. You, one person out there is probably thinking, nah, I don't care what Alex has to say because I trust what this person has to say. Well, that person that you trust, they may be, they may pass along bad career management habits. Right. That's why there are career coaches out there to help you retrain your thought process and really approach career management in a different way. Okay. I mean, Alex, I love that. And and coming from your background, like a, a trained career coach is so important for people to hear that from you. One of the reasons why we started breaking into cyber is because people were getting such dated and bad career advice. They were getting told, you know, oh, you have to go to the help desk and be a sysadmin and do this and do that and all these things to break into cybersecurity. And people were, were, were feeling um, disheartened and, um, you know, kind of demoralized. Like, I, I just got a degree. I did all these various things. And now you're telling me to go, I could and go work on the help desk. I could go work on the help desk without any, you know, <laughs> with getting, you know, one little certification. I went and got a master that did these various things. Yeah. And so um, the reason why we started the podcast is specifically because people were getting this dated and and I think it's I think it's a well-intentioned right <laughs> well-intentioned but just dated and wrong advice because that's what they're looking at what they did 
So I did this, 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 and this. And so you're speaking from the person is giving advice instead Mm -hmm. of just think this was my path. Everyone has their own path. And to your point, asking the questions the way you ask, they say, well, you have to do A, B, C, D, and E. And it's because they did A, B, C, D, and E. But, you know, the world has changed. Everything evolves. Um, So I want to shout some people out. So true. Um, because, yeah, there's some questions. Yeah, a couple questions in here. So uh Pierre says hello everyone. Hello, Pierre. Um, Jen says she totally she totally agrees. It is very crucial to assess yourself objectively. It helps open you up to learning more, being able to communicate better and manage your performance effectively. And she also adds, every path is the right path, that 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 for someone. Which is true. There's multiple, multiple paths. So, um, Alex, you also talked about the NICE framework, which many, I think, in the security space are aware of. Um, CyberSeek, uh, many of us have, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, it's great to kind of reiterate and share this information, but I think a lot of folks have seen that heat map and seen where, you know, the hotspots, obviously, DC is, I think, the hottest of the heat map. Um, and see where different opportunities are. But I think people still feel um, a bit overwhelmed. And I'm, I'm thinking, okay. you know, I think when they, they see it, they see the nice framework, they're like, oh my God, like it's so much. Um, but I think by, if they t- really took that step back and went back to your pillar one, knowing yourself, I think that's where, you know, the core happens so that when you end up doing that research, then you can, you can point yourself, you know, where to go versus this big, massive, you know, all these various pathways. And then what do I do now? You know, then you're like, oh boy, I don't know what I want. Bear with me. I'm going to do something you shouldn't do in the interviews. I'm going to turn away for a moment. (laughs) So the one that I find uh, that, um, and I'm just pulling this up right now. And I, I will send it to those individuals, only to those individuals who send me a LinkedIn message. How's that? Uh, obviously, in the blogs, uh, both blogs, you have a link to the fact sheet. Hopefully, one of the pathway tools or resources or something will be new to you. However, when it comes to, and just bear with me on this one, uh, when it comes to actually um, uh, looking for a job, when it comes to actually uh, uh, navigating and marketing yourself. Um, for me, I have an advantage over other people. Let's just say that. And I'll we'll keep it short. I'm looking at the time here, Renee. We'll keep it short before I talk about what I'm going to talk about. You know, I have it right here on my other screen. By the way, I, I have an amazing uh, remote office. I got a 59-inch screen here, a screen over there, a screen back there. I love this. I love anyway. I have the advantage over all you guys. Make this sound presumptuous. I know that. Hey, I have an advantage that most people don't have, and I see it as a strength for me. I'm not an Ivy Leaguer. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a professional misfit. I graduated college. I have some graduate studies under, underneath my belt. But I have one thing that a lot of people don't have that really made me go out there and be hungry. Like I said, when I went to Cleveland, Ohio after the Marines, my red pickup truck, I put on my backpack, I hit the streets. My advantage is I didn't have a home. At one point in my life, I lived in a car. I don't have that nest egg that a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of, you hear in news, people staying with their parents. I never had that. It's just me in a lot of ways. I, I just, it is, it is what it is. I was a perfect Marine. I was a misfit. And I was honored to be the first Marines in the Persian Gulf. 
And so this being this professional misfit with my background, I know I'm hungry and I know how to look for work. Okay. Uh, and then when I went to Cleveland, Ohio, not just not only did I hit the streets, I actually went to an office store, uh, buy, uh, purchased an application, uh, filled it out, printed a hundred times, and boom, 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 I'm knocking on the door. I don't know how many of you guys would do that. But networking, look for a job, has to be a proactive campaign. It's a job search campaign. And I'm going to assume when it comes to a job search tactic, i.e., plan for a job online, some, most, I'm going to say more than 50% of you right now probably spend more than 90% of your 40-hour work week when it comes to your full-time, you're in full-time transition. You spend roughly by probably 90% looking at online jobs. Now, keep in mind, cybersecurity or IT jobs online, you probably have a higher yield rate of interviews compared to a humanities job or a public relations job. I totally get that. But you only use probably that one search ta tactic. Or you may go to a career fair. That's two search tactics. Some of you may uh, go to, uh, to a, a, a recruiter. Three job search tactics. But most people I talked to, most people I spoke before, stop there. Guess, type it in there. Read, read it off to me. How many job search tactics do you think there are? T go ahead and type an answer. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm talking to you guys right now. I'm talking to you. <laughs> right at you. Type me. How many job search tactics can you, uh, can you put into your gun sack? Yeah. Come on, folks. Let us know how many you think. Throw out a number. Okay, some comments are coming in. Okay. Uh, Jen says thousands. Okay. <laughs> Well, uh, maybe thousands of contacts, but go ahead. Uh, try again, Jen. <laughs> anyone else? Yeah, I'm wondering if anyone else is going to throw out a number. Let me go on. I think some of these um, comments are not coming through here. So uh, I'll get down here. I'm going to page, yeah. Well, let me just say I don't, they don't, I, don't, I don't want to burn people's time because I know where time is precious. A effective job search tactics. I have, I have actually, I have in my gunny sack, so to speak. And I'll be happy to share with those who actually link in, who actually link me. There's 19 job search tactics, 19 online jobs. Uh, jobs. Now, compared to you guys, I'm going to be general, but in general terms, a yield rate of an interview of online jobs is roughly like 0.01%, whatever. It's very low, very low. Networking, obviously, is one of the best ones. So for me, I have this job search schedule. I have 19 job search tactics. I have the high. Let me see. We got it. I got the high. I got the medium. And I got the low. All broken down. So. For those who have a, who are having uh, struggles navigating uh, the, 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 the landscape, well, if you're just focusing on online jobs, that's a passive job searcher, just to let you know. You're not being proactive. You're not being strategic. I'll be happy to send this job search schedule with 19 job search tactics where you can actually just uh, incorporate maybe seven or eight into your 40-hour week work schedule, because I know for those in full-time transition, you're working 40 hours a week for you. You should be. 
uh, I would guarantee that you'll be raising marketability if you actually used at least seven of these job search tactics. That's the number one problem with a job searcher. They use a passive approach when it comes to looking for a job. Looking for a job in itself is a job. Two, another side, little advice, is that when you're in full-time transition, you need to have a routine. You need to have a certain uh, time to get up in the morning. You need to make your bed, have a cup of coffee. You need to have a little bit of downtime, but then you get to work. And you're working through 4.30 or 5 p.m. It is truly a job when you're looking for a job. And with all that said, if you're using roughly seven job search tactics and you're working 40 hours a week, you should be sending out roughly between 75 to 120 resumes per week. Now, some, some people in my workshops are like, there's no way. And I will say, well, how many, how many, what are you doing when it comes to job search tactic? What are you using? Well, I'm just looking online. Well, no wonder you can't send out at least 75 resumes a week. I know it can be done because I did it. When I look for a job, I look for output. How many resumes can I get out the door using the various tactics? Most people I meet when it comes to job seekers, it's, well, I send out roughly five resumes a week. Five? You do that in 30 minutes, not five days. So my advice to you, number one, have a job search strategy. Leveraging that landscape of all those amazing cybersecurity pathways you have out there. Two, have a routine schedule in place that incorporates 40 hours a week. A lot of people don't do that, and I don't understand why, and this is the gift I have compared to other people. I had my motivation because I didn't have a home. So for me, it was easy to send out roughly over 100 resumes a week when I got out of college. Most people think five resumes a week is good enough. I'm sorry. You shouldn't be surprised when you don't have job offers. And I say that with love because I want you, each of you, to get into the fight protect our data streams, protect our ITs, protect our supply chain, protect COVID-19 medicine, protect our intellectual property. I need you to be in the war. So I'll send you this job search schedule I have. Send me a LinkedIn message and I'll do that for you. And in the two blogs, you have all these pathways I put together. I just need you to go to town and get into the war and do what you got to do. Take my advice. You're going to have results. But if you want to be... I call, it, I call the people who are passive, I call them bots. Bots stand for butts on the seats. Or I'm sorry, butts on the sofa. They just sit on the sofa and send out roughly five resumes a week. Those people, don't be surprised, you don't have interviews. For those who will really be proactive and have a job search campaign, I'll send you that information, and I guarantee it you'll raise your marketability because I want you in the fight. I need you in the fight. Listen to me. I need you in the fight, all right? So do what you got to do. It's 7.53, my friend. Ray, did you, you want to do a couple more questions? And we'll, we'll, we have, we'll we have a couple here. more minutes. We do. Yeah. So, right, says go big or go homeless. Ooh. Hold on, love Jen. Man, Jen, you better connect with me on LinkedIn. I like Jen. Well, Jen, I'm always looking for speakers for Federal Career Connection. I like you already. Jen is, Jen is awesome. Oh, um, man, I love that. Right? Go big or go homeless. So I love that. I love that, you know, People tend to, uh, there was another, um, there is a guy and he has, um, he has a Twitch platform 
And he also talks about, he talks about the job, the job hunt. And he says, and he says it like that. It is a hunt. Oh, yeah. It's a job hunt. You can't be passive. You are hunting. You are looking. You are actively, aggressively looking for opportunities. Um, and so, you know, as as with anything in life, my mom used to always say, you know, persistence seldom fails. Like, you know, the volume, the amount, the all the different tactics. And I and I I'm, I'm actually curious about the 19 tactic, the 19 different ways to look. Send you a message. I'll send, so it I'll send you a message too, so I could get it. Um, but it's so true, you know, all the different ways that you're looking and, and you're right. Most people, you know, they send hundreds of, hundreds of resumes, hundreds of resumes, but it's just one way. It's just applying online, applying online, applying online. And the vast majority of jobs, and I mean, in the federal space, it's a little bit different. The vast majority from what, or from, you know, from what I understand, vast majority of jobs out there in the public sector are not, or in the private sector, are connections. Like, you, you know, half the time, they don't even hit the job board. They don't even hit the market. You know, yeah. and I give this example often. I say things like, you know, if you're Alex and you give your two-week notice and your buddy, Jim, is next to you, and even before you give the notice, your friends know that you might be interviewing or whatever, your manager might not, but your friends may. And then you give your notice before that manager even thinks about putting together a job description, Jim probably had, hey, you give your own, you know, you can say, hey, these are a couple of people that could be re replace me, that could be a fit. Jim has friends that he wants to bring in or think that could be a fit. The team knows they're telling their buddies and their friends, half the time the jobs don't even get posted. I mean, and that's purely just internal. That's a microcosm of how it works, right? So that's the internal space. Then if the hiring manager has in their head, and Alex, you're a hiring manager, you're like, oh, wow, I know exactly I know two or three people that could be a good fit for this because they've networked, because you know them from Federal Career Connection, because you know them in other walks of life, right? So ha it's, there's a, a very, very small percentage very of people who are just, so you cannot use that as the only way to look for opportunities. So I'm so happy that you are sharing this with folks um, so that they are well aware that there's so many more. And I'm like I said, I'm very curious about the 19, but you know, people think, you know, maybe job boards, maybe networking, it's just a handful of things. And there's so many different ways um, to look at opportunities. Yeah. Before you answer, I just wanna yeah, say, yeah. I just wanna make some comments here. Yeah. Solomon says, working strategies. Thank you, sir. So he's excited. And then Clinton says, great insights and advice, Alex. Thanks for sharing your wisdom. Thank you. Thank you. I will say this. The uh, hiring you know, job seekers think online jobs, I'll throw them my resumes. But hiring managers don't like looking at resumes. I'll be honest with you. When I built the branches, I did competitive hiring, as I mentioned. But I also leveraged my contacts, Mika Cross and other individuals who I reached out and said, I'm looking for this type of person. If they have a special hiring authority, tell them I'm looking to build. Because I don't like looking at hundreds of resumes. I'll be honest with you. Who does? What hiring manager likes to pour a glass of mail back, sit in front of the fireplace, and look at and read 100 resumes? It, it, no, no. Hiring managers love to hire people for either from within or from referrals or through, uh, through keeping, keeping uh, ongoing contacts. Because the best jobs out there are not advertised.
And, and, and Renee, you're right. There's thousands of jobs out there that are waiting to be filled by unique job seekers who go through the window, not through the front door. So don't follow everybody in the, in the same, like in the mall. Everyone goes through that one door. Take the side door. Go somewhere different. Because that's what a hiring manager would love to see. I love that. Take the side door, folks. Alex says take the side door. I love it. I love it. Alex, thank you. You have been amazing as usual. It's always a joy having you on the show. Um, Federal Career Connections as a whole has been just a wealth of knowledge for our viewers. So thank you so much, A, for starting this wonderful organization and B, for being such a, you know, a pioneer and the type of the person who's not only not only started and stood it up, but just still so active um, in the organization. So it's a, it's 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 a beautiful thing. And let's see. Pierre says great info. We need to put ourselves out there. You would never know if you don't try. Um, and people don't think that way. You know, they're thinking of themselves like, OK, I'm going to do this, this, this. But you, there's that there's another side. And I love how I love Alex. You're so right. Managers don't want to see hundreds of resumes. They don't. They want three, four people, you know, like, you know, a handful of people. And that's oh, it. And Renee. We'll go through all of this. Renee, you're beautiful. I love being on the show. Hopefully you have me back on again. I love of doing course. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Next and guys, send, again, for those who want to get the job search schedule, I'll, I'll link send me a message on LinkedIn, connect with me, and I'll do this and I'll send it out. But guys, be safe out there. I'm running your time, my friend. So you can just <laughs> no. be safe and have a great week, okay? Absolutely. And folks, we will see you tomorrow. So Alex, thank you. Federal Career Connection, thank you. Make sure everyone that you go on Federal Connect, Connect, Career Connection, check them out. Um, the links and all the information is in the chat. And for our regular cybersecurity, breaking into cyber peeps and all peeps, tomorrow is CISO Thursday. So we have always have a lot of fun with our CISOs, James Azar, Naomi Buckwalter. We have a guest CISO tomorrow and um, my co-host, Chris Fulon. So that will be fun tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern Thursday. So thank you, everybody. This was amazing. Thank you so much again, Alex, and have a great night. Thank you so much, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. In the rapidly evolving world of cybersecurity, your business needs a guide that's as dynamic as the threats you face. CPF Coaching LLC delivers unparalleled expertise to elevate your cybersecurity startup or business with a decade and a half of specialized experience. We're not just advisors, we're your strategic partners in growth and risk mitigation. Our tailored advisory services range from immediate hourly guidance to comprehensive three or six month packages, all supported with encrypted messaging for real-time assistance. For more information, cpfcoaching.com is your destination. Forge a path to success and distinction in the cybersecurity landscape. Connect with CPF Coaching LLC today and secure your business's future.